It's the offseason, Jay. And, you know, as as often means, it didn't for a long time. You had the same manager for a long time. But here we are again after one offseason without a hiring, a firing and then a hiring. Here we are again looking for another Padres manager. How you feeling today, Jay? You know, Kevin, <laughs> I, I, I never – it's funny. I never met Jay Stingler. Never met Andy Green. Um, both of them seemed like fine – fine gentlemen. Um, I thought they both uh, handled themselves well in, the, in their jobs and in terms of the media and the public and, and that sort of thing. And they both seem like, you know, smart baseball men. I don't think Andy Green ever had a chance to succeed here. Certainly Jace Tingler did and, and did for a while. I mean, last year, 37 and 23, they won a playoff series. Uh, this year started off, you know, 34 and 19, even started off 66 and 49, as we've talked about many times. And then, you know, it's tough to survive 12 and 34. And and obviously, extenuating circumstances were involved in that. Jake Arrieta, Vince Velasquez, all that kind of stuff. But somebody's got to take the fall. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, at, that, at this point, it's, you know, I'm sure some players will probably take the fall too. But it's easiest to to get rid of the manager. I mean, I I, I don't think there was, I, I can't believe anybody actually thought that AJ Preller was in any kind of trouble with five years left on his contract, and certainly Peter Seidler made that clear yesterday, uh, talking with Bryce Miller and other reporters that he believed strongly in AJ, and we can talk about that as well. You know, I, I'll never celebrate anybody anybody losing their job, you know, whether it's a team that I root for or a team that, you know, we cover or anything like that. I mean, as you wrote, I thought very eloquently on Sunday, this is, this is not fun when people do this. And I, I, I will never understand people who celebrate uh, this sort of thing. I mean, it's, you know, this is life. This is, these are human beings. These guys have families, they work hard uh, just like we all do. And um, you know, he didn't do great for your baseball team, but I, I would hope people would think of it in a little bigger picture uh, than that. And with that, what do you think, Kevin? As you said, Jay, you don't survive going, what was it, 12 and 34 at the end. That doesn't happen. Even people that were thought Jace needed to go internally thought, you know, it didn't have to go like this. Um, we were still winning when some of these things were there. Jace Tingler right. was never a forceful personality. Jace Tingler was surrounded by a strong staff, and that was by design, and it ended up sort of working against him. And and these things were still were happening even when uh, they were winning. They could have kept winning. They didn't. Uh, Jace Tingler could still be the manager. He's not because they went 12 and 34, and these things came to light. They came to light publicly, but and, and, and I do believe that A.J. Preller and Peter Seidler were aware of some of these things um, be- beforehand uh, in terms of Jace's presence in the clubhouse, uh, maybe not taking care of some things, uh, some things not being taught the way that the front office wanted them to. But they certainly became more aware as players became more vocal, as losses mounted and fingers were pointed, people became more uh, vocal about this. Uh, so there was no the way that he was going to survive. I guess the question is, and Peter mentioned yesterday that I noticed some things in June, and I guess the obvious question we could ask today is, what did you do about it in June? You know, what did what did he do in June? What did AJ Preller do in June? Was any of this addressed I... with with Tingler at that point? And then just sort of they felt like, hey, we're still you know we're still plodding along here. We're still winning games. We're still in the wild card. Uh, hey, we're never going to catch the Dodgers and the Giants. And we all know the Giants are going to come back to us. I... Uh, 
So I, I, I'm just, I wonder about that a little bit. I know it ruins the narrative of AJ Preller has his fingers in everything, mm -hmm. but I'm writing about it today. It actually sort of shows the opposite. Um, I can attest to the fact that AJ Preller was not around as much this year. Uh, mm -hmm. He felt it was the manager's job. He felt after what they did last year, you know, they were all together last year. AJ was on every trip. He, he had to be basically, you know, you, if you were a part of tier one or tier two, you sure. were always with the team. And um, so, so they, they all this cohesive group and they talked about things. They sort of were forced to talk about things. They talked about that last year, how like they couldn't go anywhere else. So there they were just all BSing and talking baseball and brainstorming problems mm -hmm. that would come up. And, and that was great. And he thought that it would continue this year. And it, and it kind of didn't because first off, it's 162 games. You can't go intense like that for that long. Uh, people right. are not always together. As things started to, to sort of crack, uh, Jace didn't take care of some things. So if, if AJ Preller's to be believed, and there are some things that I talked to him about in August, um, late August, let's say, and September that he said he saw that I know for a fact he was letting happen on the staff and, and, mm -hmm. and in the clubhouse because that's his way. Yes, AJ has some trust issues with the, the team. Um, yes, there's some player development problems, evidently, since no one's here except Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, <laughs> but this narrative that AJ has his fingers in everything is I think people have taken that to the nth degree that he's setting the lineup card and texting down to Jace Tingler during games or, or, or all these other things. And that's just not the case. I promise you there are things I can't say, but what I beyond what I do say, which is I try to give you as much as I can, but I have seen with my own eyes, AJ backing off and allowing things to happen. And so that's one thing, Jay, is that I think that at that time, first of all, it would have taken some real foresight when they were whatever it was, 50, they were hovering at 15 games over 500. Right. They had right. gone to the playoffs the year before. So, gosh, this doesn't look right, but we'll let them work it out. And that's how I think that, that it happened. Now, it's up to them yeah. to make sure that doesn't happen again. Well, that and I was going to say, so what does that mean going forward in terms of he he let it happen and and let it continue and I think I think you make a, a very good point there that as long as things were going okay and, and maybe there were cracks here and cracks there but it was like well we don't need to do anything drastic um except maybe get a couple pitchers uh which obviously wasn't on Tingler but uh or keep guys from getting hurt but I think as you were talking I was thinking well what does that mean going forward and what kind of manager now do they look for I mean everybody you know, feels like, okay, they got to get an experienced manager here, somebody who can, you know, come in and, and rule the clubhouse and that sort of thing. But does AJ and, and by extension, Peter Slidler in this case, are they looking for someone who they can leave alone and will take care of things like they did? Or are they worried now that, hey, we left this guy to take care of things and he didn't. And these little cracks became huge cracks. And, you know, in combination with some other things, sank sank our season. So how does that affect what they're looking for going forward? I think that the lesson learned is that they need a guy who has done it before, who has said, Hey, this is how we're going to handle this. Hey, stop. I have players that have expressed the way that I'm interpreting it mm -hmm. uh, based on the earnestness with which they say it, uh, the, the way that they volunteered it, the way that I haven't led players and the players are all saying the same thing. 
I believe players are practically begging for a guy who comes in who instills fear, you know, and that's the fear of God. That's not, oh, I'm afraid of you. That's mm-hmm. a respect. That's a fear of this guy is going to set the tone. We're going to play his way. There will be no garbage. Now, here's the tough part. You ain't sitting Manny. No, I'm not calling Manny Machado a problem. You're right. not sitting Manny Machado. He makes $30 million. You're not sitting Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, there are certain things that are, that are going to be out of the hands of a manager at this point. But a manager who has been there knows how to handle these things. He sets the tone. He lays down the law. I'm not going to, I hate to use this phrase, but I'm going on the fly here. Um, afraid. He's not afraid of um, confrontation. Uh, He knows how to assert himself. And Jace Tingler was not that guy. Whether that was because he had too much faith in the men he was leading, uh, too much faith in his staff. um, Was there a mixed message? Whatever it was, Jace Tingler didn't take, you know, the the reins. And Mm -hmm. so they want a guy who's going to do that. Folks, A.J. Preller is a scout. He's at most (laughs) peace when – he is out at a high school game or mm-hmm. in Japan or the Dominican watching baseball. He does not want to be on every trip. He does not want to be around the team all the time. His job, he believes, is to continue making the team better year after year after year. He wants a manager who is going to control the situation. Now the, now the question is, while you're saying the stuff about they want someone to be, you know, a, a guy that comes in and, and, is, and is a tough guy, you know, hard ass, if you will, that sort of thing. Everything we hear about today's player and today's athlete, not just in this sport, but probably any sport, is that there's a point where maybe they'll accept that. But then there's a point where, you know, like like I think of someone like Dick Williams, like Hmm. if Dick Williams came in today and tried to do what Dick Williams did, I would see, I see a revolt coming. So it seems like there's probably... And, and you can tell me if I'm reading this right, there's sort of a a line there that this tough guy, respect me, respect us sort of thing can't cross. And that's where you need, and, and that's where I think you need an experience. You need someone with experience. experience. And I mean, obviously the three names that have been, that have come up the most are Bruce Bochy, Ron Washington, and Buck Showalter. And I guess the question is, do all three of those guys fit that mold where they would be okay, where the players would be okay with them doing what they do is sort of the, and I hate this term, but I'll use it anyway, the old school manager who comes in and lays down the law and this is the way we're going to do things and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, where, where do we, where do you think things stand in that, uh, in that respect? Could you, because what the Padres used to do way back in the day, and I, I looked at their list of managers yesterday when I was putting together that chart, you know, they went from Dick Williams um, to Steve Boros to Larry Boa to Greg Riddock, I believe. And it was just like, you talk about extremes. And it seems like now what they're looking for is someone who kind of combines all those, hmm. all those yeah. traits and, and and so I'm just wondering where you think if, if you think that's sort of where we're headed here. Well, it's interesting because the three guys you mentioned, let's say, and, and I don't know if, if uh, all of them are necessarily real candidates when it comes right. down to it. There's certainly people that the Padres have considered, uh, but whether they will continue to consider them that I do not know. Um, but they, all three of them would have different styles, too, like. 
like Ron Washington, from my understanding, not terribly concerned with strategy. Um, uh, but he's big into teaching, right? And players love him. I'm telling you, I was talking with players and watching players uh, both look at him and go over and interact with him when he was in San Diego. Players love this guy. Buck Showalter, kind of a hard ass. I don't think Bruce Bochy, hard ass, had a certain uh, way of, of managing and being involved and letting everybody know he cared. I was my understanding. Never covered him on a daily basis. But uh, three different ways to do it. And like I said, the fear is not a doesn't have to be a hard ass. It has to be someone who's been there. And when he says something, you know that that's the guy. That's the guy. This Hot Lava Padres podcast segment is brought to you by Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram located in Escondido and serving the San Diego community for over 60 years. Who has the best deals in the auto game? It's got to be Jack Powell, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram, the auto all-stars. Right now, lease a new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock Edition, Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo, or Jeep Renegade Latitude for only $198 a month or 0% APR and no payments for 90 days. Head to Jack Powell, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram in Escondido, San Diego, where we make shopping easy. Find these deals today during Jeep Adventure Days. How about this? Going back to the Grand Slam by Fernando Tatis Jr. Players, look, a lot of this is revisionist history. Players wouldn't necessarily, they say, have had a huge problem with Tingler, Jace Tingler, the day after Fernando Tatis Jr. hit the 3-0 pitch uh, fastball down the middle for the Grand Slam at Texas that prompted this whole new school, old school debate. If he just said, look, you know, I had the take sign on. Tatis and I are going to talk about that, or we have talked about it or whatever. End of story. Right. Instead, he fell all over himself to respect the Rangers, and the next day called the press conference to basically apologize for it. And it was almost like, okay, cool, we're going to keep winning and stuff like that, 60-game season, we're all pushing. But the more that then problems built, it, it traced back to that, where it was like, this guy doesn't have a presence about him. Um mm-hmm. To the players. And I do think that A.J. Preller and Peter Seidler understand, and I'm writing this today, their constituency is the players. You don't let the inmates run the asylum, but uh, you you do understand that it has to be a guy who leads the players. Mm -hmm. So uh, who is it, Jay? I don't know. One thing that has been impressed upon me, it doesn't have to be a guy who's managed before. Mm-hmm. An experienced guy is a guy who has maybe played a lot, coached, um, has those traits. You bring in a guy who has um, the respect of the players right away. You have a bench coach. How about David Ross? Now, he doesn't have the talent necessarily. He never had the pitching. The mm-hmm. Chicago Cubs, you realize the Chicago Cubs in July were the team that were only like three games behind the Padres uh, right, in the wild card right. race. They never had the pitching. They were they knew that, right? Um, but David Ross, who'd they bring in as his bench coach? A guy uh, who I think it was a guy, Andy something or other, wasn't roundly it? considered to have excellent baseball managing skills, as in right. game managing skills. David Ross has the clubhouse. Andy Green mm-hmm. has so some sort of a situation like that could be right. David Ross has never managed before. Does he have the respect of the clubhouse? Yeah, I think he does. So mm-hmm. uh, you talk about messages, Jay. I go back to Marty Schottenheimer, and we all know that that was handled poorly. 
I promise you that those veterans had started to tire of Marty Schottenheimer's cliches and his dramatics and his theatrics. But the Padres need not worry about that now. Let's say mm-hmm. they bring in a guy. Let's say the White Sox, they brought in La Russa. They win the World Series this year. In two years, those guys could all hate La Russa, all yeah. right? The Padres need not worry about that now. They have not made a legitimate playoffs since 2006, all right. So if we, even if we count last year, they've made the playoffs once in 15 years. They need right. to worry about a guy coming in and, you know, remaking the or helping to remake uh, the culture here. I, I think that's a good point you make about experience doesn't necessarily have to mean managing experience. It probably doesn't hurt. But, right, right. you know, but again, there, there are other factors involved and there are people who have been around the game for a long time. And, and I think, as you mentioned, there are former player w- would be good. I think someone who's, if it's not going to be a guy who's managed for 20 years, a former player who was around a long time, been in a lot of different clubhouses, then served as a coach for many years. So we'll see. Anyway, I, I wish that Skip Schumacher hadn't been on this staff. Um, because, right. uh, you know, a pl- someone like him, Will Venable, uh, Phil Nevin, there might, you know, I'm, I'm throwing out guys that are are, are seen as uh, players that have been around for a long time. There are certainly more that I am, uh, you know, I will say this. There, uh, It has been said now for about a month that one thing that they want is a, is a uh, respected, strong coach with who is Dominican, that they, they lacked that on the staff. Uh-huh. And they have one very important player who is Dominican, and they certainly have other players that are coming up. And that this is this is just something that's important. And if you look around at a lot of the staffs, they they have that. And um, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is 22 years old, and so far has lost his close friend Fran Mil Reyes, has lost his close friend uh, Jorge Mateo, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 so there there is uh, a thought whether that's uh, the recently fired Mets uh, manager uh, Luis Rojas, uh, someone on the staff, uh, right. whether that's the manager I don't know. Moises Alou evidently doesn't want to manage, so I can't imagine mm-hmm. he would want to coach. Uh, but there's a guy that the Padres would probably hire tomorrow if he wanted to manage. Um, so right. all sorts of ways to go and things to consider. Lots of things to consider. And what also has to be considered in the time we have left is, as you wrote the other day, manager is not the only problem this team has. I know there's a people out there who believe that just you know sweeping the manager and the coaches out and everything is solved, but there are issues on this roster uh, as well. And you know, could kind of go around the go around the diamond a little bit. Obviously, third base and shortstop, you've got no problems. Uh, second base, you really don't have a problem other than at this point, you've got two players for that one position. Jake Cronenworth could easily move to first base if they were able to trade Eric Cosmer, which we know they tried to do previously. A catcher, you know, I, I don't know where you do there. I mean, Austin Nola has yet to prove that he can stay healthy. Caratini played too much this year. Uh, is Camposano ready? I mean, he certainly didn't look ready in April, but as you wrote, he had a good season in AAA. So at, at some point, when is he ready? The outfield, uh, Will Myers, one more year on his contract, which actually, as you said, probably makes him more tradable now than ever before. Mm-hmm. Trent Grisham, to me, was a big disappointment this year. It's too early to give up on him, but you certainly have to ask questions about him. And left field, you know, Tommy Pham never really worked out here. So wh- where do you want to start? Where are the, where are the, And then I, I didn't even get to the pitching, but just from a position player standpoint, 
where do you think they start? Okay, so Eric Hosmer has one year at 20 million left and then three years at 13. Uh, certainly they will try to move Eric Hosmer, but understand that they might not be able to until it goes down to the really manageable money. There's probably a designated hitter coming next year. I am not saying uh, that uh, everybody's thinking, hey, Eric Hosmer, he's going to be an excellent designated hitter. <laughs> um, but but the fact is, that is a place they can put him. Fact is, he was close to his previous numbers. Uh, there will be, hey, there will be another hitting coach coming in. Who knows? Maybe the 14th uh, try is the trick with <laughs> Eric Hosmer getting the ball in the air more. I, I don't know. Uh, so there's that which could well, at least the DH could solve your whole Adam Frazier Cronoworth uh, conundrum. Uh, left field is obviously the place where you can go out and get someone or move Will Myers over, though I do right. think Will Myers is, uh, you know, open for business uh, in, in terms of, hey, if you want a good solid 780 OPS guy uh, and, uh, you know, only one year or maybe we'll take eight to 10 million of this contract um, mm -hmm. because as you said, they've got some work to do. Uh, they're going to try and add a starting pitcher and they've got to kind of refashion the bullpen a little bit. So uh need some payroll flexibility. I feel like the catcher is like a good offensive lineman. You know, they don't grow on trees. Austin Nola is certainly, if he can stay healthy, gigantic if at this point, but sure. I don't know. I, I really don't know what you do. I think that the goal was always like 2023 for Luis Campusano and that was before he lost 2019 in the or um, 2020 oh. in the minors. So he is only maybe 23 now. It was 22, I think, or whatever. He's a very young kid who had played 140 minor league games, none of them above low or um, high A at the time. Right. Blake Elsinore was high A. Um, so, you know, part of me, Jay, is like, man, there's so much work to do. And then part of me is like, you know, they're, they they can be they can be pretty good. It's not it's not too far off. Um, well, you kind of have to count on as part of if you're going to go down that road, then you're what you're counting on is we're bringing in a new manager and new coaches, and they're going to make a big difference. AJ Preller is a enough. huge believer in that, right? And so he's going to AJ is going to believe this is without knowing AJ at all. But I would think AJ would believe if I bring in the right manager and the right outfield coach or hitting coach or something. I'm going to turn Trent Grisham into the player we thought he was becoming in 2020 and showed at times this year that he could, that he could be, but we're going to keep him from those, from those ruts. And, and so if you get that in, in place and, and he plays better then that's obviously a big, a big bonus. Who has the best deals in the auto game? It's got to be Jack Powell, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, the auto all-stars. Right now, lease a new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock Edition, Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo, or Jeep Renegade Latitude for only $198 a month or 0% APR and no payments for 90 days. Head to Jack Powell, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram in Escondido, San Diego, where we make shopping easy. Find these deals today during Jeep Adventure Days. Well, you say, you know, like you bring up, He's now going to hire his 47th hitting coach. Um, how great has he been at this? Um, we'll see. How much input will this new manager have? Look, Jace Tingler had some input, but Jace Tingler was also a rookie manager at 38 years old, getting the opportunity of a lifetime. I don't think he was sitting there vetoing Larry Rothschild, okay? I don't think that was right. a chance. That was in the heck that that was going to happen. So, um, you know, how much will the new uh, manager have uh, there? So, it'll be interesting. I... Here's what's happening. AJ Preller believes in his vision. So he's sort of 
doubling down, right, on mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to do it, right? I didn't bring in new people to run my player development or my scouting. I brought in the guys I really believe in, or I, I shuffled, right. and I put those guys there. Um, I'm, I'm getting rid of this manager. We're not going to change the structure so much, but we're going to do it the way that I want to do it. And so, okay, uh, I guess we're going to see, aren't we, uh, whether well, his way is the way. It, it is, and I and I think that um, – that Bryce Miller and I talked and and we, the three of us talked about that yesterday. And that was something that Bryce was going to write about yesterday uh, until he got the interview with Peter. So I, I think, I think that's something to, to look forward to today is that I think Bryce is writing basically what you just, what we've talked about a little bit and which is that this is on AJ now, you know, mm-hmm. he's the one that this is his team. They, he's got the hundred percent belief from you know the team chairman and all that but at some point you got to have a winning season uh over 162 games and you've got to show that you can do that and i and i i feel like you know you hate to say well it's it's make or break in 2022 but it feels like it's make or break in 2022 you can't have another year like this and expect anyone expect the people that you work for to still sort of believe in your vision and and I think whatever whatever that vision is and however he wants to implement it, I, I think he better he better empty the notebook here. This, uh, yeah, <laughs> for, this isn't uh, a rebuild again, right? Like this right. isn't after 2015. This no, is, this is you know, this is this is now. This and, is hey, uh, this is Tatis entering his prime. Let's not forget that that this record breaking kid is 22. He hasn't even yeah. entered his prime. Oh no. And, and Machado, who's showing no signs of slowing down, except that he got hurt, whatever, uh, at the end of his prime, or or at least approaching the end of his prime. Yeah. So the the time is now. I mean, um, Blake Snell, let's say, and I happen to think that based on what I saw, that that was real. So if that's Blake sure. Snell, right? Okay. Two-something ERA or well, low threes. Great. Awesome. You, Darvish, if you can get fixed. Whatever. Awful lot of money in this team. The time is now. Yeah, no, I think that's true. So, and we'll have much more time to talk about it in the coming months, and we'll we'll pop back on here occasionally when there's when there's things we want to talk about with everyone. And until then, we'll we'll let people follow you and and Bryce and Jeff and Tom and read all the stuff. It was good to hear from some people yesterday talking about how much they appreciated and enjoyed the coverage, uh, not just yesterday but through the season. I had one guy tell me he was on an introductory. Uh, contract, if you will, as a subscriber, and he was definitely going to going to renew when that ran out because he was really impressed with the work you guys have done. So I, I think that's awesome. it's good going forward, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to more of that, and we'll look forward to hearing from the fans uh, and the readers as we uh, as we go forward. Thanks, everybody. Uh-huh.